Welcome to the Loan Hunter Podcast. I am Heather Hunter Jackson, covering all things real estate and finance in the greater Sacramento area. Whether you are an industry professional, first time home buyer, or a homeowner looking to learn more, my goal of this podcast is to take the complicated language and conflicting information you find online and make it simple and easy to understand. All right, welcome back. It's uh, another episode here of the Lone Hunter podcast. And today we are talking about condos. And actually, we'll throw a success story in there of something that we don't do too often. But really, I feel in the marketplace currently, there are a lot of people because of affordability issues looking at condos because condos do tend to be lower priced for the most part than single family residences. So that makes it very attractive to first time home buyers and sometimes to investors. And Sometimes you find in vacation spots like Palm Springs or maybe San Diego, people may look to buy a second home as a condo. So um, there are some differences to be aware of and, um, you know, some, I guess, some nuances, especially with the financing piece that go into that. So, you know, what's first, what's different between buying a condo versus a single family home? So I think the best way to think about it is a single family home, you are buying the structure plus the land that it sits on. Where a condo, you're buying a single unit in the development and you're not buying really the land that that goes with it. So, um, you know, you're just buying the the specific place you're going to live in. So that's kind of a good way to think about it. A, A big difference between condos and obviously single family residences is all condos have HOA dues, which is homeowners association dues. Not all single-family residences have HOA dues. And so what do HOA dues cover? Well, it every condo development is different. So when you are looking to buy a condo, you have to get the CCNRs and the you know what the HOA dues specifically cover. But for the most part, they are going to cover um, a lot of the exterior. So they're going to cover the roof. They're going to cover... Um, Maybe the the fence are going to cover if the house, you know, the siding or the stucco, things like that. And the yard maintenance, if there's any sort of like little bit of grass in the, you know, each unit or something like that. Uh, sprinklers, things like that. Your HOA dues are always going to cover those things. So that is why they are much higher in condo developments. And for a single family that has HOA dues, they're usually much lower and it's sometimes it's because it's a gated community or it's a community that might have a um, a community center that everyone pays for, you know, the the swimming pool there or uh, maybe they have a community park, something like that. So a condo is really covering a whole lot of structural stuff uh, versus like a single family. Does a condo carry different interest rates than single family? And the answer is yes. I should say yes when it comes to conventional financing. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac do consider them uh, slightly riskier transactions. So they uh, do require a slight price adjustment to that. 
Um, now, if you're a first-time home buyer, you might get around some of those price adjustments and whatnot. So, um, you know, every situation is different. And then FHA and VA uh, don't price condos any differently. It's just it's just a straight rate, whether it's a single family or a condo. So when you're qualifying for a single family residence and you have a particular payment that you need to stay at, let's say it's $400,000 price that gives you the payment of your max qualification. When I'm looking at qualifying for a condo, you can easily say, depending on HOA dues, you are going to qualify for a forty dollars to $50,000 lesser price. Now, the reason for that is most HOA dues on condos are anywhere between, I'd say, $250 a month to $350 a month. So that can really vary your qualifying price because you don't have that on the single family residence, but you have everything else that goes into it, you know, your principal and interest payment, your homeowner's insurance, your property tax, and possibly mortgage insurance. So when you throw in those HOA dues, you're obviously going to qualify for a lesser price. So the general rule of thumb that has worked in almost every scenario I've done is it ends up being about forty to fifty thousand dollars lesser price. So again, if you if you know you get pre-approved for a single family at a certain price, and maybe you're going to consider a condo, just reduce that price by forty to fifty thousand dollars, and that should tell you the ballpark of what you would qualify for a condo. One thing to know: condos, uh, the HOA cover a master, what they call a master hazard insurance policy. Um, So again, that's going to be for the exterior of the building. So when you buy a condo, you usually only need a what we call an HO6 walls in policy. So that is, it's a lot less expensive than a single family homes homeowners policy. And the best way to describe it is that if you took the condo and you turned it upside down, you know, homeowner's policy is covering everything that would shake out of out of that house. So that's just kind of the easiest way that it's been told to me by insurance agents of how to um, know what that policy covers, whereas your HOA dues is covering, again, that whole structure. So um, good thing to know. Now, you know, what what's different in how we process the loans for when it's a condo. Um, there are HOA documents that we have to go and get. And the the most critical and informative one is the HOA certification that lenders have to get from um, everyone tends to use like this online service that provides um, like they're like the master hub of all the of all the HOAs. And um, we are looking in this questionnaire for some really specific questions that apply to pretty much all the loan programs. We're going to ask how many of the units are owner-occupied versus non-owner-occupied. And that's important because if you are buying a with a conventional loan, as long as it's owner-occupied, they don't care you know, at that point, how many of the units are owner-occupied versus non-owner-occupied. But if you're buying the condo as an investment property, 51% or more of that total condo development has to be owner-occupied. So that is a piece to keep in mind. Um, We're also going to ask how how many people in the HOA are delinquent on HOA dues. This was really common in the housing crash that 
a lot of condos went to foreclosure and people stopped paying their HOA dues, obviously. So HOAs became really negative in their budgets in being able to uh, maintain the properties and maintain the amenities they're providing, you know, and paying obviously like landscapers and paying a lot of times maybe water might be included. So um, you had a lot of delinquencies. And so there became a point where at least I think it was 30%. You couldn't be more than 30% delinquent on HOA dues within the community. And nowadays, we don't see that. There's usually only a handful of units that are delinquent on their HOA dues. So um, that's not as much of a problem. But that is also one reason why Fannie and Freddie, you know, are harder on condos than, you know, they are on single family residences, because it does take money to run the HOA. So another big question, and this one applies again across all loan programs that they're looking for, is, is the HOA in litigation? So is there a lawsuit? And this can really mess up financing. If the answer is yes, I'm going to say almost nine times out of 10, you're not going to get a loan in there, at least not in a traditional sense. And because when any of these things are bad, it's it, we, it becomes what we call a non-warrantable condo. It means that Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac cannot warrant that this condo is, is viable, essentially. So we can get around litigation if it is not pertaining to maybe the particular unit you're buying. Um, maybe I've had before where you know, someone a few buildings over, you know, someone s- did a slip and fall and they're suing the HOA. Okay, that doesn't have anything to do with your unit. There's no structural damage to your unit. So sometimes we can get exceptions and get around, um, you know, lawsuits like that. Though when we do see lawsuits, we are also concerned of how it's going to affect everyone's HOA dues. Are people's, you know, HOA dues going to go up to be able to cover the legal costs? So, Um, But anytime you have structural damage, and that's why a lawsuit is filed, you now are probably not getting a loan in there. Um, I've seen damage for like uh, fences across all units. That can be a problem. Um, I've seen roof lawsuits. That can be a problem. So it really just depends what the litigation is, but a lot of times it, it can be a deal killer. So um, we try to avoid that. Usually the person that is listing the property, the seller, they usually know what's going on with the HOA, or at least they should, um, to know if there's any litigation and um, you know be able to tell their agent that to disclose up front. So a couple things to notate about how the financing is different just across some of the common programs. So again, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, we're just going to pull that HOA cert and, you know, double check that it meets all of the qualifications. And nine times out of 10 these days, we're pretty good to go. FHA and VA are a different animal. Um, They both have approved condo lists. VAs is very flexible. As long as it's that condo project development has ever been on VA's approved list at one point in time, you're going to be fine. You you can use a VA loan. You can buy a condo in there. Now, if the condo was built in 1980, it's probably on VA's list. So most condos are going to end up on their list. FHA is very different. FHA has um, an approved condo list. And if it is not on that list, then technically you cannot get financing. Their approvals do expire, 
And a lot of condo associations don't submit for approval because it's a lot of paperwork that FHA wants to get them approved. Now, one thing we do have is what we call an FHA spot condo approval. What that means is that we're approving only the single unit within that development. So I recently, in I think it was March of this year, had some good clients of mine. FHA made the most sense for them. Um, It gave them the better rate. It uh, had more flexibility for their debt ratio with how we had to qualify. Um, And it just, again, gave them the lower payment. The condo project was at one time on FHA's approved list, but the approval had expired. It was it was over five years ago. So I went ahead with one of our uh, really good lenders that does a lot of, of uh, condo work. I sent the file in. Once we had loan approval and once we had our appraisal, we were able to submit for what we call an FHA spot condo approval, where we just approved the one unit. We still have to give them the the HOA certification. We're always getting the condo's uh, budget and financials to be able to show as well. And within, I think it was within 24 hours of submitting it to FHA, we had an approval. Now that's not typical. Um, I think it usually takes FHA at least two to five business days to approve those, but it was just a time of year that it wasn't super busy. Um, But that is an option to do a spot condo approval. But then, you know, spot condo approvals don't always work if you're using down payment assistance. So there's, there's different, um, you know, program guidelines and restrictions that we have to check. Um, But condos overall can be a really good, you know, a really good starting point for a lot of people. Um, I have had people ask me, and I, this may defer to a realtor uh, a little bit better, but, you know, do condos hold their value or gain as much value as single family residences? And, you know, I own a condo and a single family investment property, and the condo has done quite well in the, um, I think I've owned it for five years. It's, I think, tripled in value. And, you know, the single family has done about the same. So it, yeah, they do hold their values. When when the market goes down, they probably do go down a little bit harder and faster than a single family. Um, but depending on your buying strategy, I always tell people if you're looking to buy and hold, you're always going to win eventually in real estate. So um, if you're looking to do a quick, you know, get in, get out, nah, you, you may. And if you're doing low down payment, you may have issues. But um, you know, condos, you can still put three to three and a half percent down if you're a first time home buyer. Um, investors can buy them. So it's, they can be a really great loan. And a, there are those people that want low maintenance. They don't want, you know, to do the yard work um, and want to know that maybe your roof and stuff, you know, those are expensive items that they're going to be covered by your HOA. So it's definitely a great uh, property to take a look at. And so if you have questions for me about buying a condo, please don't hesitate to reach out. All my contact information is in this episode and I would love to chat with you. All right, you guys, thanks so much for joining me today. And I look forward to chatting with you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Lone Hunter podcast. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Also, please leave me a review, good or bad, because I like honest feedback and always like to improve. Thank you so much for sharing and see you on the next episode. 
The Loan Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Heather Hunter, NMLS number 129963, DRE number 01402583. Empire Home Loan supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 1839243.